People make a big thing about subject lines. How do I get them to open the email? It is not about subject lines. Yes, they're a little bit important, but they're not nearly as important as people want you to believe. What's important is your name. You want people to associate your name in their inbox with value, with I want to open this now. How to write successful email sequences that don't make your clients go, ooh. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your business? Then welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast, helping home professionals and luxury brands accelerate their success with proven marketing strategies and expert industry practices. Now, here's your host, Darla Powell. This podcast is brought to you by Wingnut Social, a marketing agency specializing in amplifying luxury brands across the U.S. and Canada. For more information, go to wingnutsocial.com. Hey there, welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm your host, the Grand High Poobah of all things Wingnut, Darla Jethro Powell. And today, guess what? We're talking about email marketing. It has been a hot minute since we talked about it. I was actually listening to, I think I want to say it was the Story Brand Podcast not too long ago, and they did a thought exercise of why this fictional company may have gone out of business. And anyway, long story short, the answer was that they did not stay in front of happy customers with a successful email marketing campaign to stay top of mind. So today we're going to be talking to guest Abby Parrots all about email marketing. She's actually a uh, freelance copywriter, and she has some thoughts about how to make them effective and not sleazy, which is important. That's one of the things, I don't know about you, but me personally, I hate to come off, hate such a strong word, but you know, I'm going to use it in this situation. I hate to come off shilly and pushy and too salesy. I like to come off as a way of, here's how I can serve you with value. We're going to dive into that today. First, I want to ask you, Luann Live, right around the corner, February 2nd through the 4th, go over to luannlive.com. Have you checked that out? All kinds of tiers, levels of tickets is going to be amazing. Myself and my eight co-authors are going to have tons and tons of knowledge bombs to drop on you guys. So be sure to check that out at luannlive.com. Is it luannlive.com or luannagara.com? <laughs> you could probably get there both ways. But first, before we get into our interview with Abby Parrots, it is time for Mini News Sesh. Mini News Sesh. It's time for Mini News. Mini News Sesh. Yeah. yeah. All right. This week's Mini News Sesh, we have Hallie Zimmerman from Wingnut Social. She is a social media manager extraordinaire. Just introducing you to some of the team and letting you know that uh, it's more than just me that makes this magic happen. Hallie, how the hell are you? Oh, I'm doing great. It is more than just you. We've got a mighty little team here. <laughs> we do have a mighty little team here. And Hallie, That's right. Hallie, you have been researching a new app that has hit social media world by storm. In fact, it is so desired. It's by invitation only. And I think that's driving people crazy. What is it? That's right. It's so exclusive. It's like a big secret. Well, okay. So this new app is called Clubhouse. And, you know, it, it's new. It's hard to say it's brand new only because it launched back in May of 2020. And, you know, it, it launched. It had about 600,000, I think, installs right off the bat. And it's continued to grow. But that is why it's a little slower. It's only available right now to Apple users. So I'm sure Android users, that's on the roadmap. Um, but it's only available to Apple users. And it's invite only. Okay, so what is it? What is Clubhouse? Okay, right. What even is this that we can't get into? It is uh, a new social media platform that is completely audio-based. So in comparison to another social app like Instagram that is basically 
a photo sharing app or TikTok, that's a short form video sharing app. This one is audio based. So if I could paint a picture of how you might use it, what it might look like, that would be that it's basically like a live podcast that you can interact with. So you're going to have your basically podcast host or moderator, your host, and they're leading a discussion on a specific topic and audience members can join in. And it's all virtual, of course, it's on this platform. And most of the time, all the audience members, they're muted. So the host or the moderator is leading this conversation and you can raise your hand. There's a feature where you can jump in and say, I'd like to provide insight or a comment or ask a question, and then you can engage with the host, basically. So that's the best way to paint the picture of what is happening on this app. I love it. It's like it's like if you used to listen to talk radio back in the day, only you're not calling in, you're just raising your little hand in a virtual app and asking your question of the experts. And I was going to ask you, what's to keep it from being a mishmash of a whole bunch of audio people talking over each other, but the moderators can mute the audience and call on them when they raise their hand? Pretty much everyone stays muted unless you raise your hand and then the moderator, whoever's, you know, hosting is able to let people in and then they engage, they interact like we're talking right now. It's exactly how that would go. Oh, I, I love it. I have seen it floating around a lot on the interior design Facebook groups in there and people saying, are you on Clubhouse? Are you in there? And I'm wondering, I don't know if you've read about this or not, but you know, Parlor was shut down. The app Parlor. Are you familiar with Parlor? Right. Okay. I'm wondering how much of that is bleed over right now because a whole bunch of invitations is going around for that just to have a, a platform to discuss, you know, politics or whatever. Right. Of course. Yeah. There's probably more invites going around, of course, as uh, more celebrities. It's been a lot of entrepreneurs. It's been celebrities. It's been marketers. It's been a bunch of people on it, but it's continuing to grow. It's opening up to uh, different people through these invites. Uh, but that is the thing, again, because the invites are limited. What happens is if you get an invite, excuse me, mm-hmm. you get on the app, you might want just getting started, get one or two invites. You can invite a friend or a colleague. And as you engage with the platform and you hop into what rooms, as they call them, that's where these discussions are based. You hop into these rooms uh, or potentially maybe you host a conversation yourself, right? You do those things and you're they'll give you more invites. So yeah, as Parlor has been shut down, maybe this is somewhere where people are going, which is why, because the celebrities on it, because of that reason as well, it is just exploding. And it's a really cool platform again, because none of the other social media platforms have really tapped, tapped into or focused on audio as much as this one is. They haven't done that as much. And so this is a really cool app to use right now and way of connecting with people when, you know, we can't have conferences in person per se. We can't travel. Uh, the networking's limited as far as in person goes, of course. So this is a really cool way of doing it. And you don't have to wear pants because it's audio only, right? It's not like no pants required. You (laughs) click an okay message when you come into the app, correct? They always have me. You don't have to wear pants. I'm not wearing pants now. I'm wearing my little yoga PJ shorts. So, oh man, see, (laughs) well, that was a you know, but good to know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just playing. That's right. We love stuff like that. That's right. We want more of that. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what that's the only good thing about the lockdowns and the pandemic is being able to work from home in in pajama bottoms. Right, exactly. So where do you see this going into the future, Hallie, as far as what kind of audience is this going to attract? And, And how does someone go about getting an invitation to check it out themselves? 
So as far as, again, the invitation goes, some people, I think, are somehow sharing it or, or get, seeing them on Twitter and able to get an invite, probably because a friend sent it to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly, again, it's going to be someone you know is on the app. They have personally invited you. That's just how it's going to be. From anything that I've read, that I've researched, that we know, uh, we don't know when that's going to change. Uh, but but it's invite. You'll just have to wait for someone to invite you. Now, I will say this. If you have not been invited and you can't get into the app right now, but you think this could be a platform you're ready to explore for your business, go ahead and you can get on Clubhouse and reserve your username. Uh, Of course, we know in the social media realm, uh, usernames are real estate. And if you have a specific you know, username that you're using across all platforms and you want to secure that, uh, you could go ahead and do that. But as far as invites go, you got to be invited. Hopefully, as people grow on the app and continue expanding, inviting more people, hopefully, if you don't have one yet, you'll get an invite soon. And as far as the future of the app and where it's going, of course, like I said before, it started with entrepreneurs, marketers, celebrities. That's kind of where it started. It's been growing. So all kinds of industries, people from different industries that you might want to hear from or learn from or connect with, uh, network with, are already on the app. So for example, even interior design, you Mm -hmm. know, if you type that in as a specific interest or, uh, you know, you think of specific people that you would like to connect with or follow. Like we think of following on other platforms, you can follow certain people. Uh, You can search for them within the Clubhouse app. And what that does is opens up all of their conversations to you. So, you know, you'd have a, a news feed of sorts. That's what they have. And you'd see when they were going to be holding these conversations in these rooms as they have it in the app. But yeah, so what happens, I think, for most people, what it seems like is they're they're getting into the app, they're diving into their niche or their, you know, an industry that they're interested in, and they're really connecting with people within that industry. Of course, if you follow people across the board, you'll you, those are the type of conversations that you'll see come up in your news feed that you can hop into and join. So it's really as broad or as niche as you want it to be. It, you know, like any platform, the people you follow, your feed becomes customized or curated to what you want to see and the kind of conversations you want to engage with. I did like that you said to go in there and reserve your username, which is something I did before I got my friend on Facebook, Carla Erskine, to actually invite That's me That's in. right. There you go. I forced her to. I was like, please invite me. Someone sent me an invite to give me. I didn't want to wait. And then I invited you and I invited Shana so we could all just kind of tool around with it and get used to it. But I'm really excited about it. I think it's an exciting new platform. I know it is taking the world by storm. The fear of missing out that you're mentioning here, right? Just not having an invite. I think that extends further in the app as you use it. I just want to throw this out there because it's interesting. Uh, These conversations that are being had, they're not saved. They go away when the conversation is over. So they're not saved. They're not meant to be recorded. They're not meant to be shared. It's a very, you know, organic back and forth, one-on-one experience with people when you're in that room. So that also creates this, fear of missing out or like, I've got to, you know, I really want to hear what they're saying in this conversation, you know, at this time. So there's no replays like on Zoom or you can't catch this later. This is it. It's ephemeral, ephemeral content. All right. Holly, thank you so much. We're going to check out Clubhouse and we really appreciate you researching this and your insight on it. You're amazing. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Definitely going to have you back. I'd love it. Thanks. Sounds great. All right. You're very welcome. Thank you. Many new sesh. Yeah. All right. So that was Clubhouse. Go check it out. I am on Clubhouse, actually, at Darla Powell. Guess what? Who else? 
So before I get into my interview with Abby Peretz, let me tell you a little bit about her. Abby Peretz is a professional copywriter with over 20 years of experience and has written content for some of the biggest brands in the world. She founded Successful Freelance Mom to support and encourage women and mothers to create profitable freelance businesses that fit into their busy lives. Whether you're trying to get a business off the ground while managing toddlers, teenagers, or a day job boss who throws regular tantrums, (laughs) Abby's no-nonsense approach will show you how to get the right work done in small chunks of time without making yourself nuts. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Abby Parrots to the Wingnuts Social Podcast. Hey there, Abby Parrots. Welcome to the Wingnuts Social Podcast. How the hell are you? I am fantastic, thank you. How are you? I am bitching. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. It's been a, it's been a hot minute since we've discussed email marketing on the podcast. In fact, I think it's been a hot year since we've discussed email marketing on the podcast. In fact, I was just talking to a friend of mine and she was like, oh, what's your topic for the show today? And I said, oh, we're talking about how to create successful email sequences. And she said, you mean like those 800 emails I just get and delete and never read them? Oh, <laughs> I felt uh-huh. that in my heart. <laughs> I know. And I said, yeah, we're going to be talking about how to get you to read them. Yeah. All right. All right. Sim- simplifying. So I did tell the audience a little bit about your background. You're a freelance writer. So let's dive in. Tell me a little bit about your success and your experience with the email marketing side so we can establish your amazing expertise. And then we'll get into some of the takeaways in the nitty gritty. Sounds good. Okay. Well, I've worked as a professional writer for the last 20 plus years. And yeah, but I only really got into email marketing in 2017. I had shut down my whole business in 2013 because one of my kids had cancer. He's better now. Um, and when oh, I came good. back, thank God. Yeah. Thank God. Um, and when I came back, I did not have the patience at the beginning for dealing with clients. So I started this whole, you know. Does just, anyone? Right. Like facts, <laughs> right? Like I was like, there's no way I can deal with their crap right now. I just dealt with my own crap for three years and yeah. like I'm done. That's enough. Dealing with your own crap is enough. Who needs clients? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I started looking into this whole online course thing. And as I was building an online course to help moms get started in freelance writing, I saw that the part that one of the parts that I really, really loved was building out my own email sequences, mostly because I approached them completely differently to anyone else and just with a lot of fun and a lot of, oh, I don't know, integrity. And that felt very different to what I was seeing out in the world. And then I realized that everyone else around me who was creating courses hated the email sequence part. And I was like, oh, sweet spot. So I started offering that as a service. And when you're only doing one specific thing, you get known for it really quickly and you get a lot of experience in it. And I had the great good fortune to work with some fairly high profile clients very early on. And they started telling other people, wow, this girl is on fire. Um, she writes this stuff and people buy my things. And <laughs> Well, you can't do any better than that. There you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so, you, so you're niching to course writing. We actually have some courses coming up and we're going to be doing an email sequence. So let, let's dive in. Let's, what do you say to the people who hate, who just delete, delete, delete their 800 emails? And I have to admit to you, I am one of those. What is one of the first tips that you that you use to just grab someone's attention to even just get that open rate up, much less reading through it? Yeah. Well, I mean, before we even start to think about open rates, I start by thinking about two key things. The first one is don't lie ever. Like, 
ever, ever, ever. Don't say this thing is for sale for two days if it's always for sale. Don't say this webinar expires if it doesn't. Don't send those emails that are like, oh, we accidentally broke the internet. So many people tried to buy our thing that the server crashed. Like, don't lie because we can all see through it. Um, And then thing number two is kind of the golden rule. You know, treat people the way you want to be treated. Don't send an email you wouldn't want to receive. If you don't want to look your kids in the eye and say, I sell snake oil for a living, then don't do it. Like, start with that. And if you keep those two key things in mind before you ever sit down to write an email, you're coming at it from a very good place. So what makes us open email? When you look at your email, if you pull out your phone right now and you pull up your email app, um, as I am doing because I can't talk without using my hands. <laughs> I know. I'm a little, I'm going to look too. I'm very visual. So, so go, go, go ahead. Look at your email. Open up your email app and tell me what you're looking at. You're not looking at the subject line. You're looking at who the email is from, right? From who's from HGTV, Gardens and Outdoors. Imagine <laughs> there you that. go. So you're looking at who the email is from. So people make a big thing about subject lines. How do I get them to open the email? It is not about subject lines. Yes, they're a little bit important, but they're not nearly as important as people want you to believe. What's important is your name. You want people to associate your name in their inbox with value, with I want to open this now, with, you know, I care about this email. This is an email that deserves to be here. Now, how do you get there? So again, you have to bear things in mind. Remember that most of us are checking our email on our phone and remember where we are with our phones. I once heard somebody say there are two choices. You either check your email before you go to the bathroom in the morning or (laughs) while you go to the bathroom in the morning. I was just going to say on the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) So, So email's intimate, right? Like it's with you in all of these crazy and insane and intimate places. And the other thing is how do you use your phone? The stuff that's, I don't know about your phone, but my phone, I have five kids. So like I've got tons of pictures of my kids and I've got texts from my husband and messages from my mom. Those are people and things that I care about very much. So you're sharing space with them. So So in order for you to deserve to share space with them, you've got to be really respectful of our relationship. So like all of that prefaces how I treat email and how I think about email as this very, very intimate relationship. So how do you create that value? So first of all, the very first email that somebody gets from you is typically because you've offered them, you know, some sort of lead magnet or a registration for something. So you are literally like you said to them, I have something you want. They said, great, I want it. And now you're sending them the email that says, here's the thing you wanted. So if your open rate on that email is lower than like 80%, something is very wrong. Like you are literally delivering the thing they asked for a second ago. So they should be opening that email. And if that email, like to set the tone correctly, do not start off by talking about you because they don't care about you. Like I personally, you know, Darla, I think you're great and I think you're amazing and I care about you very much, but no one else wants to hear about that in an email, right? Like what we care <laughs> no, about wait is- wait a minute. Just wait a minute. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, 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 what they care about is what they asked for. So like literally that's your first line. Here's the thing you asked for. Like- click to get it. You know, this is the link, this is the download, whatever. Then set the stage for what's coming. If you are sending a sequence, which you should be doing, right? Like Mm -hmm. let them know what's happening. Over the next few days, I'm going to send you, you know, four or five email, whatever it is to do what? What is in it for them? Why do they care about your email? They do not care about your story of how you were homeless under a bridge and now you make $7 million just by breathing. What they care about 
is themselves and what they are going to get from, you know, how are you going to make their lives better? So give them the outcome. Make sure that you're always focused on the benefits to your readers. So big thing that in particular course creators tend to do is we get really excited about features. My course has 937 hours of video. Dude, I do not want to watch that much video. Like, Oh my God, I have enough Netflix to last me for three more lockdowns. Please do not make me watch the 937 hours of video. I also don't care about worksheets because, I mean, really, does anyone want worksheets? I don't want a worksheet. I want the outcome that I'm going to get when I finish the worksheet. So talk to me about that. So like switch your thinking around from those features to the benefits. What's in it for the reader? Always, always be thinking to yourself, would I want to read this? Like legit, would I want to read this? Would I want this in my inbox? And that's hard to detach and look at yourself objectively that way because, you know, we're also we're all just special little flowers and we're all so perfect and so well loved. And <laughs> you know, that reminds me, that's kind of like the archetypal journey, right? You don't want to yes. be the hero of your story. You want to make the consumer the hero of the story. And you're like Absolutely. Yoda. Yeah. You're you're advising them. Here's how to use the force and go out and, and uh, kill Darth Vader or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. And there's a really easy way to do that, like on a regular basis in your email. If you take the word I out and literally replace it with the word you, you're going to put your reader into your story and you can still tell the same story and give the same lessons and examples. So instead of saying in your email, for example, like, um, oh my God, I had the worst week. Two of my long-term clients quit, uh, ended our contracts, and I had the flu. So if you flip it around and you say, did you ever have a week where you lost two clients and you had the flu? Now suddenly, the reader's in the center of the story. It's this tiny little thing, but it makes a huge difference in the way your email comes across. I love that. Okay, so let's talk about, they're getting an email from Darla Powell Interiors. They've already established a relationship, and that's my interior design firm, by the way. They know from whatever they signed up for that they're going to get a list of, here's how much it should cost to furnish your house, three different levels. So um, on the subject line, or this is what you asked for, here it is, Mm -hmm. right? Okay, Mm -hmm. and then to make it about the not how awesome we are and how we're going to furnish your house, but to flip it around. Yep. How would I flip it around there, let's say in third person? Because if we're doing, if it's a service-based business like that and I'm furnishing their house, how do I make it for, you know, them? Just how much better they'll feel? What is somebody thinking about when they're, when they're thinking about furnishing their house? Are they like, what, I mean, literally ask them that question. What do you dream about when you think about, when you okay, think, how when you the in, feel, right? Yeah. Like I would, I would go there. Um, and again, I mean, this is off the top of my head. So like, if I were actually working with you as a client, I would have this whole two hour process call with you where we would talk through a lot of this, but, but I would, <laughs> I would start there. Like, what do you think of when you envisioned your perfectly furnished home? And then, you know, kind of talk them through that. Like, maybe give them ideas. I am like a design, what's like the negative design sense? Like that's me. (laughs) So like, I know nothing, you know? So like, I don't know the words you would be using, right? Like somebody, I once had a client who actually like, she was like, yeah, shiplap. And I was like, I don't know what that is. I'm so sorry. Um, Consider yourself fortunate. (laughs) (laughs) I'm being a total snob right now. (laughs) (laughs) But but you know what I'm saying? Like this is, this is the kind of thing, like you want to get into the, and, and how do you know the words and the phrases that your client would use to talk about things? This is a big thing too. We tend to, in our own industries where we're experts and we know the stuff. So we use our professional language, we use our jargon, and we forget that not everybody else does that. So yeah. I can't really give you a great interior design example, like I said, but I can tell you about a client of mine who is a health coach. And she had this email that was like, let's get your 
stomach digesting your food better. And I'm like, dude, does anyone call you and say, hey, I want to make my stomach digest my food better? And she's like, no, they say I feel bloated and gross. Um, So that's what we said in the email. Like, you want to get rid of that bloated, gross feeling? Yes, that's what they can relate to. So how do you learn these things? And this is crazy. But this comes from actually talking to people who buy your stuff. Like, this comes from talking to actual customers, which is a big thing that a lot of us in the online world are like, oh, no, 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 no. I started an online business so I could be a recluse and never speak to anyone again. Amen. Lockdown is my jam, you know, (laughs) like, and I get that. But if you're unwilling to talk to people, you're not going to have a business for very long. This is it. 2021 New Year's resolutions. Is your website in decent shape? Is it optimized for SEO? Well, it's that time of year when we make new goals for our businesses and it's time to do a deep dive into your website and make sure that it's living up to its full SEO potential. That's search engine optimization. It's what drives the Googles. It's that Google juice that gets ideal clients to pick up the phone and give you a call. And did you know that Wingnut Social offers a full website SEO audit? That's absolutely 100% correct. You can purchase it directly from the website. And let me tell you, this isn't just any BS printed run-of-the-mill SEO audit because Wingnut Social digs in where others don't go. We explore all of your technical web stats and dive into the back end of your website, that's what she said, to check for things that most SEO audits don't even examine. We look at things such as your metadata, information architecture, naming conventions, SEO optimization of your content, and so much more. All of this helps us to formulate a plan so you can optimize your website for the search results that you want in order to attract your ideal clients. For more information on the SEO audit, please hop on over to wingnutsocial.com slash SEO or give us a call at 1-877-WINGNUT. That's wingnutsocial.com slash SEO or 1-877-WINGNUT. You know, I like that you mentioned that because we have a lot of interior designers that we work with at the marketing agency, Wingnut Social, and they want to talk in this vernacular that is super technical with design. Yeah. And we're, we're always, sell- first of all, it's not best practices for, for searchability on, on right. social media. And second of all, no, nobody cares. <laughs> they just, how are you going to make their place beautiful, livable? How are they going to feel? How are they going to live their life? Yeah. It, it, and it's hard. It's hard to get them out of their head with that. It's really hard, but I would also say, think about the fact that in a, particularly in a home design project, you've probably got two people who have to sign off on every decision, right? Like, you know, maybe in some couples, there's one person who takes charge and the other's like, whatever he or she wants, I don't care. Don't talk to me at all about it. I'll pay the bills, but whatever. Happy wife, happy wife. Right. But in a lot of relationships, both people have to sign off. So it's not just that you have to write so that you know, the husband or the wife can understand it, but so that they can also tell it succinctly to their partner. Mm-hmm. They need to be able to take those words and say them. And if you've got complicated words and and concepts in there that it's going to be really hard for them to explain to someone else. Do you ever do that? Like you, you watch a whole whatever, you know, a documentary, and then you're trying to tell it to somebody and you're like, I, I, I can't explain it to you. You have to go watch it. They're not going to go watch yeah. it. Like, just tell me in two sentences. My daughters, by the way, I have a 21-year-old and a 19, uh, almost 20-year-old. When they tell me, oh, I saw a movie, I literally get the plot of the movie line by line of dialogue. I'm like, well, now I don't have to see it. So, like, don't be that person. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, no. I want. I like to watch. Believe it or not, I like to watch a lot of physics documentaries. And then when it, it comes time for me to tell my friends, I'm just like, yeah, just watch it. Just, just <laughs> watch just, it. Just, it, was, yeah. it was really good. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It's really mind blowing. What was it about? Uh, just watch Stop. it. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about frequency. So you have an email chain set up. You have a set of a certain amount of emails that they're. You've set up the expectation. You're going to receive this. This is what you're going to get out of it. How much is too much and how much spacing are we putting? Is it every day? Is it every couple of days? What have you found to be best practices? For that initial sequence. So this is, you know, this is when you're really getting to know the person. They've just become, you know, they've just seen your name in their inbox for the first time. You want to hit that inbox every day for at least five days so that they become familiar with you. But again, you don't want to overwhelm them. So these should not be like 6,000 word emails. Remember, you want them to associate your name with value. You also want them to associate your name with a feeling of either fun or accomplishment or something, you know, positive. You don't want to give them, hey, I have these 17 tasks you need to do before you hire an interior designer. No, bad. Like, not 17. Give me, you know... For a while, like those epic blog posts were the the rage, like 937 things to do every time you publish a post. I'm like, (laughs) I don't want to do 937 is apparently my favorite number, as you can see. Um, I see that. (laughs) I want three things that will actually make a difference. So like, give me, you know, short, bite-sized things that I can accomplish when I've read your email. I can get this done in like two minutes and feel good and feel like I've gotten another step closer to where I want to be. I like that she said, I'll interrupt you really quickly because I know a lot of interior designers who put out the email, here's how to prepare for your interior design a consultation. It'll be like 20 things to check yeah, no. off. <laughs> no. I, I mean, I've been guilty of that in the past. Maybe not 20, maybe 10 things, but it's still. So you're saying like three, four three. key pieces, make it sexy, make it fun. Three is okay. a great number. You know, three is a great number. Three feels manageable. I can remember them. Again, if I'm telling my partner this afterwards, I can remember three. I'm definitely not going to remember 10 or 20. Neither do I. It's my business. <laughs> three things and three things that I can do without having to find my tape measure, you know, and go to the store and whatever, like three easy, like it's literally you want the shift to be happening in the mind. So it's it's more like think about like come up with a word that you would use to describe whatever. Like, I, again, I don't know the exact details of this, but these are the kinds of things you want to give people so that they see your name. And it's not like, oh, crap, I didn't do yesterday's homework. <laughs> it's more like, oh, yeah. fun, you know, what's coming today? Yay, I'm so That's excited. true. And that's how I am. I'm like, oh, don't make me work. You <laughs> I'm so lazy. Work. I'm so that's not lazy. what this is about. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I'm crazy lazy. Okay, so what kind of things should we be following up from our website with a a tailored email sequence? Like the course, this is the thing you signed up for. I know for Wingnut Social, we have a quiz uh, to see which is your preferred or what should be your best social media platform for my design firm. I I have the here's how to budget to furnish your house kind of situation. But what else? Like if they're signing up for your blog and they're giving you your email address, do we do email sequences for that? Or is that just the blog? What are some other things that we can get in front of them? Yeah. Let's think about from the user standpoint. Back in the day, when the internet was new and we were still like really excited to get new email, like when that was like, you've got mail, we were like, oh, who's it from? Like now we're like, oh, crap. So back in the day, people signed up for newsletters. And it was just, this is what's happening in my business. And I'm so awesome. And yay. Like, no, who signs up for newsletters anymore? None of us want newsletters. Nobody, yeah. Yeah, We want content that actually has purpose. So always think about, like, 
don't ask them to just sign up for your blog post. If you have a blog post and you have some sort of content upgrade that you're giving them, so, you know, some sort of lead magnet, some sort of, like you mentioned, the quiz or whatever, Mm -hmm. have those links within the blog post where it makes sense. And then you can create specific sequences that walk people through that lead magnet, how to use it most effectively, that kind of thing. But also have your end goal in mind before you start the sequence. Do not start a sequence and just be like, I'll figure out where this is going. Like, you have to have a purpose. You've got to know, where am I taking these people? At the end of this sequence, do I want them to book a call? Do I want them to buy a course? Do I want them to purchase a one-off session? What do I want to happen? It doesn't have to be about selling all the time. It might be the goal of this sequence might be to push them into my free Facebook group where I'm going to continue to nurture because I prefer to sell, you know, in a live launch method where I'm warming them up with content in the Facebook group and then go out all out. If you're more of an evergreen type of person, you still might want them in the Facebook group, but you might be pitching, you know, your evergreen course at the end of the email sequence. So you want to make sure that the next launch logical step for them is going to be to enroll in that paid program. So there are a couple of things that, um, I mean, you always want to be thinking, where am I driving this person? What is the purpose of this sequence? Never, ever send an email just to say, check, I sent an email. Like there's (laughs) always got to be a purpose to it. Okay, Abby. So this is all amazing. So let's say you have a client, they've gone through your sequence. It's very successful. They've read through everything. Then what, what do we do? Yeah. So actually what I do after that most of the time is I drop them into another sequence, but I kind of call it, I mean, I have two names for it. Once I, sometimes I call it the hidden sequence and sometimes I call it the big love sequence. So whichever mood you're feeling, (laughs) right? Right. So (laughs) what do we do with this? What does that mean? A hidden sequence or a big love sequence? So let's say again, you're a new person. You've just come onto my list. You've gone through my initial sequence because you got something cool from me. Now, Let's say that it happened in November, right? So you've just gone through my initial sequence and now Black Friday is coming. So if you go on to my regular weekly email, you know, that's full of value and tips and tricks, I'm probably launching a Black Friday offer, except that like you just met me and it's going to feel really weird and awkward if I'm suddenly in your face pitching this crazy paid product or whatever. Like you haven't been in my world long enough to to really want that, to have, for me to have earned that trust from you so that you will buy the thing. So instead, we drop these people into a hidden sequence where you build this out by going through all the email you've sent since you started your business. And you look, which emails really resonated the most with people? Where did I get a whole bunch of replies? Where did I get a whole bunch of feedback from people? Or which ones am I just really proud of? And I would hate for other people not to see them. So you build those into a sequence and you send them out the same day and approximate time that you send out your regular newsletter, now you're not wasting, like to me, it's always a shame. If I write something brilliant and then I send it out to my list, I'm like, well, now what happens to anybody who joined after today? And they're not going to see this brilliant email that I just spent all this time on. So then I add it to my hidden big love sequence. And now everybody who comes onto my list is going to go through that journey. So for example, in my own hidden sequence, that's where I get a little bit more personal with people. I link to, I, I give them some of my um, credibility markers. So I link to some pieces I've had published that set me up you know, as a writer with experience that also talk more about 
being a mom and building a business with kids and the fact that I have a son who's developmentally disabled who had cancer. And it just lets them see inside my world. I'm consistently driving them again to my Facebook group. Oh, we have a video about this in the Facebook group. You should come and see it. So if they haven't joined, I'm giving them more reason to do that and to be a part of my world. And when they finish that sequence... Then they go on to the regular weekly letter that they're getting. And then I can pitch them on whatever the heck I want because they know me and they've gotten a lot of information. And if they're not right for me at that point, I'll know because they're not engaging with that content. So You're building that know, like, and trust with that second Absolutely. sequence. Yeah. The big love. Okay. That makes, that makes a ton of sense. What do you recommend for platforms for small business owners to use to create these sequences? I know we have active campaign. It's a little robust. It might even be a little overwhelming for the designers or the small business owners listening. What is your go-to if they want to do it themselves? So I will say that just up um, until this month, really, um, I, I have been on ConvertKit and I'm mostly very, very happy. I am also in the process of switching over to Active Campaign because it has a very specific functionality that I don't have in ConvertKit that I need for my business at this point. But remember, like I'm also, again, I've got, you know, 20 plus years of business experience and I've been, you know, I have a very successful program that I've put hundreds of women through at this point since 2017. So now I need those more robust functions, like you mentioned. Um, but ConvertKit is a great place to start. And I feel like okay. it's very user-friendly and it's very intuitive as you, you know, as you're just getting started, I could figure it out. And I am not a technically <laughs> smart person, you know? So That's yeah. important. Active campaign, there's a little bit of a learning curve there, right? It does For, have because it, yeah. it is. So I, when I first started out, I used MailChimp, which is really easy, right. but I don't, and right. is that robust enough to do these campaigns or no? I would not use MailChimp. I know a lot of people make that choice because of the cost, right? Like it's it's much yeah. cheaper than other things that are out there. But it is not worth the time and frustration that it will cause you when you're trying to set up automations the way you want them to work. You do not want to have to be manually making things happen in your business. You want to be as hands-off as possible on that back-end stuff. So I think ConvertKit is a really great place to start. Yeah. Okay, great. And because when I did start out with MailChimp, I had to start and learn over again. I, I wish I had to start out with active campaign to start with. So, all right, Abby Parrots, you have dropped some serious, serious knowledge here, but now I have to ask you, are you ready for the What Up Wingnut round? Um, I hope I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. Abby Parrots, what would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Hashtag, I told you I was sick. <laughs> You I'm are sorry, a writer. I'm a, I'm a Jewish mother. Like this. <laughs> I love that one. You're stuck on a deserted island and you can have only one of your favorite foods. What is it? Sushi. Another one. You know, Wendy Wallace check said lobster. You're on an island. <laughs> you could probably get fish. <laughs> but I could literally eat sushi seven days a week. I feel like it's the one thing I'll never get sick of. It's your island. I'm sorry. I did not mean to butt in. <laughs> Last but not least, please recommend a book that has had an impact on you either personally or professionally. Mm, yes. Well, I read a lot of books um, and I love them all. I would say one of my all-time favorites is a novel called The Unfortunate Importance of Beauty. Okay. Great story. Um, and it really stayed with me for a long time. And I recommend it to just about everybody. It's fantastic. The Unfortunate Importance of Beauty. Yes. Right? Okay. Who's mm -hmm. the author? Do you know? 
I totally know. It's Amanda <laughs> Philip. <laughs> Off the top of your head. <laughs> the author is Amanda Philipacci. The Unfortunate Importance of Beauty by Amanda Philipacci. Really fantastic story. All righty, sweet. We're going to add that to uh, my audible cue. I always listen. I don't read so much. I probably should read more, but I always listen to that. So I'll, I'll pick that up. So Abby, please tell the listeners where they can go to find out more about you and your services, and then we will bid you adieu. Absolutely. You can find me at SuccessfulFreelanceMom.com, and I'm on Instagram as at Abby Parrots. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for your help with the email marketing. You have an amazing week. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You know, when I was talking to Abby Parrots, I was thinking, I meant to say it during the interview, but I, she was just so good, I just had to sit back and listen. There's a company called Dr. DR, period, Squatch, S-Q-U-A-T-C-H, that has an amazing, amazing email campaign. And it is one of the few that I will open all the time because they're freaking hilarious. <laughs> and for me, that's the value that they provide because they're absurd, they're ridiculous, they're actually a men's shampoo shaving kind of product situation that uh, someone turned me on to because, listen, it's men's shampoo, but it still smells pretty. Don't judge. But their email campaigns are amazing. And of course, Nicole Heimer of Curio Electro set up ours for Wingnut Social and actually for Darla Powell Interiors. And they're just so well written. They're entertaining. I've gotten a lot of compliments on them from people who have gone in, uh, submitted themselves to that initial campaign. But you know, I haven't done the second one, the little love campaign where you're really doubling down on the no like and trust before you're you're putting them in that weekly newsletter situation that's kind of interesting and something I think I want to look into and thank god I'm on active campaign mailchimp is great if you want to send out like a monthly newsletter and do that but if you really want to get into this kind of marketing where it's automated and your systems and processes are on lockdown I would just start out with active campaign for sure so I don't know if that convinced you out there to open up your 800 emails <laughs> Or if any of these are done successfully, if you're going to, you know, open up your emails, but uh, it certainly is going to give you a little bit of a better shot at getting in front of those clients, getting in front of those, those customers with your, your open rates and with them getting to know about your brand, but more importantly about themselves and how it is that once they've signed up with you or gotten your course or hired you for an interior design business or, or what have you, how it is that it's going to make their lives easier and how it's going to make them feel. So just make sure that you make them the star of the show, how their lives are going to be so much better. You are Yoda. You're going to facilitate that. But remember, you're not the star of that show. All right, guys. So that's it for today's show. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, whatever the hell it's called now. <laughs> Follow us on social at Wingnut Social. And remember to go out, get uncomfortable, and be great. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 1-877-WINGNUT to see how we can help you take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened. This podcast is brought to you by Your Butt on Fire. What spurred me to fart. Okay, focus, Darla, focus. And I accidentally turned the light on on my phone, so give me a second. <laughs> so...
Good boy, Mango.